some of the Blues fared during the Olympics. Next, we will look back on the first half of the St. Louis Blues season and give you a preview of the second half of the season. We'll also have our wrap-up our show with Drop the Gloves segment and have our New Jersey segment. I'm your host, Jace Martin, and I'm here with our new co-host, Chris Frank. How are you? Good. Just to clarify, that last segment is a New Jersey segment, not a New Jersey segment. No, exactly. Okay. I know, awesome. I, just, I, I, can, I can speak somewhat eloquently on both topics, but... Uh, uh, uh. Not in personal, <laughs> technically. But anyway, a uh, quick introduction. Like, restarting the podcast, uh, kind of went before. Didn't really uh, get it fully started due to uh, work being crazy and also having a four-year-old. Both Doesn't of those really, are hampers. Yeah, so it didn't really help. But now, with the help of Jeff Ponder, thank you very much for getting the website and getting me all set up again. So I think we're good to go. And Chris can be here every week now, so we'll have a yeah. consistent co-host now, so I won't have to scramble. The Which will be awesome. Week. Yeah, so we'll be good to go. Um, quick background on me, uh, 31 years old, lifelong Blues fan, lived in St. Louis my whole life, hoping the Blues can break the streak this year, get a cup, um, go to, I think, a handful of games this year. This year's been a little shy due to work's been a little here and there, but uh, yeah, so... Quick background to you, Chris. Um, 37, lifelong blues fan. I have lived the majority of my life in St. Louis. Spent a handful of years in Chicago and Los Angeles. Um, got to follow the blues both times. I lived in Chicago back when nobody cared about the Blackhawks. Mm. And lived in L.A. when nobody cared about hockey. Um, got to go to both uh, Anaheim and L.A. to see games. And seriously, it, there was nobody there. And now, you know, you can't get tickets for either of them, um, which I think is hysterical. Which is funny, but also I saw today, I think it was Chris Botta, B-O-T-T-A, mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. Do you see the latest uh, television ratings for the top five and the top five worst? I did not. The Blues are number five with 3.95 average through the first half of the season. That's great. And I guess who the bottom two are? It's got to be the California teams. It's Believe it or not, the Kings and Anaheim are second to last with like a .41 and like .29. Well, you know, here's the thing. is some, And this is me as someone who lived in Los Angeles. And I can speak more to the Kings than I can the Ducks. Um, because Anaheim is a good hour, hour and a half drive time-wise, not mile-wise, but time-wise from L.A. I used to go to a ton of Kings games uh, because one of the bosses in our office had season tickets and knew I was a huge hockey fan. So he gave me all the tickets when the Blues came to town. But then every once in a while he'd throw me a pair as well. Um, There's so much to do uh, in Los Angeles uh, that it's hard for anyone to focus in on sports. And the other thing is um, no one from L.A., is really from LA. They're all implants. So, you know, you'll have 
games where, you know, now that they've won a cup, it's a little better, but you'd have games like when we went to blues games, I would say it was easily 50, 50, if not 60, 40, uh, blues fans to Kings fans, just because all the people like myself who were blues fans would come and see the team play, uh, with the exception of the Lakers and the Dodgers. No one else really pulls consistent good numbers. It's all fair weather fans. You know, everyone wants to see the Clippers now. When I lived in LA, you couldn't sell a Clippers ticket for like more than five yeah, bucks. Awful. You just, you couldn't. Same thing with the Kings. And as far as Anaheim goes, no one from LA wanted to commute down to see the Ducks or the Angels. You know, football, the only thing they had was USC and UCLA, and that was back when USC was just getting hot. I lived out there from 03 to 05, which was right when their little dynasty started. Um, But it doesn't surprise me to see that television ratings and attendance ratings for them are, are so low. When I lived there, I couldn't find a hockey game on TV. I don't think that the Kings or the Ducks were on Los Angeles television. That doesn't surprise me, though. Like you said, it's more by that time frame was definitely a Laker time for sure. That's yeah, fun. when I was there was when they had just got uh, uh, Gary Payton and Carl Malone, oh, yeah, and so. that I mean they didn't win a championship with that, but obviously that was you know they, they were hoping it was going to yeah. be the second Showtime. But you know when you have a market like that, there's only so many local channels, and you know Fox Sports LA was showing Lakers games; they weren't showing Kings games or Clippers games or Ducks mm-hmm. games. So it's it doesn't surprise me to see those markets towards the bottom. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because I know that there's fans. Yeah. I know there's diehard Kings fans and Ducks fans, as hard as that is to imagine. It, it It's really, they're passionate fans, but they're always going to be a second-class citizen to the Lakers and the Dodgers, no matter how many Stanley Cups they win. Yeah, unless there's a huge dynasty, like two or three. Yeah, if that's the case, then absolutely. Yeah, but, but again, you know, look at most U- cities. Anything with three wins in a row. Well, you look at what USC college. did. USC had three to five years where they were either winning or contending for national titles, and you know, all of a sudden, going to a USC game was like going to a red carpet event. Snoop Dogg was there, and you know, all these A list celebrities were trying to get field passes and tickets to to a USC game, and, and now you know they're on the decline. And it's not that nobody cares because you're always going to have college sports is a different animal because you've always got the student population who bleeds that team, but it's not the status event like it used to be. And now you're seeing, you know, all the Hollywood types at the Kings games. Yeah. You know, it was last year where they had Matthew Perry in the stands during the playoffs. So it's, it's like anything else with that city. You know, when you have the spotlight on you, the people are going to come flocking. Um, but as far as television ratings, unfortunately, it doesn't surprise me because people want to show the Lakers. The Lakers will always draw, and because of that, the Kings are always, unfortunately, going to be the stepchild in that market. Yeah. Well, it's good that the Blues, that man, is good following. Hopefully, gets more people in the Scott trade, though. be nice for just ownership to get some uh, cash. To- yeah. You know, I, I had a, a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago with another friend of mine about how the Blues aren't selling out games. And I think that... The the upside of the Blues being not as good as we grew up used to over the last decade was um, the ticket prices didn't increase. And they didn't increase because they couldn't charge you more to see uh, an inferior product. Well, now you have new stable ownership. You have a team that is competing at a very high level. 
they can charge more. And this market, while they're loyal, despises change. And I think the blues, the, the average blues fan kind of right now still feels like, yeah, I've read this book. We're good, but are we really good? Yeah. You know, are, are we going to be good for 82 games and then get into the playoffs and forget how to play hockey? That's the blues I grew up with, unfortunately. That's, 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 you know, that's, that's what the problem is with a lot of fans are. It's just like, I want to see a deep run. Yeah. If you get me into the conference finals or the Stanley Cup final, I'll pay more. Yeah. But it's hard for me to justify now what's the, the cheapest ticket to get into Scott Trade is 50 bucks? Know, right around? 35, 40. Okay, when depending you, on the day. So, yeah, and when you count in Ticketmaster and you know everyone else is cut, you're looking at 50 bucks a ticket yeah. and then parking. That's, that's tough, man. Or like I, a drink. Yeah, I remember two years ago when you could get a ticket in the nosebleeds for just 20. over 20 bucks, like 22, $24. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't mind that the Blues are charging more. I understand why. Uh, I don't think this is a money grab from the uh, from the ownership by any means, but I think that the one thing that St. Louis needs to get right with, and they've started to, because you've seen it over the last few years when it comes to the Cardinals, is you got to pay if you want to win, yep. and that money's got to come from somewhere. And you know, if you want a team that's going to compete for a Stanley Cup year in and year out, you got to pay the bills. And so, you know, is does it? Does it suck? Is it a hard pill to swallow? Yeah, but I think it's a, a necessity that has to be done. So I'm I'm not bummed out about it. Yeah, I think ownership is uh, committed to like it's not like a money thing for them. They're no. like they're like it's a it's a civic. And the audience the, the audiences will come back. You know, the fans will come back around. I that's I, I think part of the fact that you're not seeing sellouts probably contributes to the numbers that you're seeing as far as television ratings mm-hmm. because more people now are staying home and watching the game as opposed to going to the game. I myself, I think I've only been to two games this year. I think we went to those. And that's yeah. that's not really by choice because I would love to go to more. Part of it is superstition. I'm 0-1-1 on the year, and I'm scared to go back and keep losing. And, and part of it is really just because you know I've been out of town a lot and things like that that I'm always like, ah, I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. And I think that's kind of where a lot of Blues fans are right now. It's not that the passion's not there, but we're almost, you know, pardon the pun being the state we live in, but we're almost kind of in a show-me attitude. Yeah, that's true. Like, show me you're going to win, and I'll come to the games. I think uh, we'll have a good run here, but we'll see what happens. Let's go into our uh, Olympic talk, a little wrap-up talk. Uh, we'll just go run through quickly uh, how the Blues fared. Uh, pool play. Uh, the highlight of the pool play, obviously, was the USA Russia game. Absolutely, which uh, we were up early for. That was uh, that was brutal. It's kegs and eggs and hockey is a fun thing, but I'm very glad that hockey is getting back to nighttime play the way God intended this week. Yeah, Oshi uh, going four for six in the shootout, uh, which was brilliant, but coming in pretty much an overnight sensation during that game, leading the USA to a yeah uh, win three to two shootout win in the pool play. You know, it, it's it's a bummer that. The the team didn't finish better than they did because unfortunately now TJ Oshie is going to be this Olympics, uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Miller. Mm. You know, both of those guys were the toast of the country during the Olympics because of what they did with Miller standing on his head and getting us to the gold medal game. Parise scoring that goal with less than a minute left to push the game to overtime. If the U.S. goes on and wins that gold medal, they're made. Yeah. Those guys, yeah, like the. The amount of money that they would make in endorsements would be 
astronomical. It would eclipse what they make as hockey players. And the same would have gone for TJ Oshie. Mm-hmm. Had, had USA gone on to win gold, he would have been this Olympics Mary Lou Retton. Yeah. He would have been America's new darling. Yeah, so pool play went through, um, I guess, the most disappointing uh, pool play person, which is pretty much every Blues fan's fear right now, was uh, Yaroslav Halak going uh, 0-2 with a 5.13 uh, goals against and a .857 save percentage. I'm not overly concerned about that. I think he'll bounce back. I'm not. I'm on the bandwagon like as long as Miller's not – Side note, this is, we'll go to right. Olympic back to Olympic, but a side note for a Miller, I'm not really if we get him, fantastic. Yeah. As long as it's not astronomic, which I think Armstrong won't do. Sure. I think he'll wait it out and he'd be like, if you want to get something for him and he's gonna leave, you know he's gonna go to the West Coast more than likely. He'll be rental yeah. for us too. Yeah. Because we're not going to give the guy a five-year, six mil per. Here's how I look at the Yaroslav Halak thing, now that you've brought Ryan Miller into the equation. Um, look at what Ryan Miller has done with the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. That is a horrible team. Yeah. You look at Miller's numbers, and they're good. But if you look at pure wins and losses, they're not that great. Yeah. And you know you you can only do so much as a single goalie. And that Czech, or I'm sorry, the Slovakian team was awful. Was horrible, and that was one of those teams that at the day they announced the team, people all over the hockey world were scratching their heads and wondering who put this team together. Yeah. You know, there were a couple of good players on that team. I mean, you got talent. Don't get me wrong, but I think there was some glaring mismanagement and some glaring holes. You know, Marion Hosa and Zdeno Chara do not a team make. Unfortunately, and they're older too. Four years ago, you're talking like right. in their prime. Now they're in their uh, mid to upper 30s. And yep. I mean, it's like for a hockey player, you're getting. If I'm Roman Polak now. in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't make that team. Yeah, it was Czech Republic. Oh, I'm sorry, Czech Republic. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, but, you know, I, I look back at at what happened with, with Slovakia, and, it, you know, that whole team was just yuck. Brutal. And it's shown in that first game when they played USA. I, Obviously, I don't think anyone thought that they were going to beat USA. But competitive compared to what they did last time, where sure Locke brought them to the absolutely, game. absolutely. So they expect at least but, get more competitiveness. You know, you look at that one goal uh, that Backus scored in that game, where you had four members of Team USA parked in front of Halak and just kicking rebounds at him until he finally was just like, someone's going to score on me. Might as well be my boy from St. Louis. <laughs> like at, at that point, like I don't, I don't blame Halak for what happened. I think that the coaching staff horribly mismanaged him. When you go up to him after the second game and go, you're done in the Olympics. You're not going to play anymore, but yet you still dress him. Like that tells you all you need to know right there. So I, I really don't think that there's going to be an Olympic hangover from Halak. If nothing else, he got to leave that, Tire fire he was, early. He was back home. on a Sunday. He's a Sunday practice. So yeah. So, were, so, yep. It gets him that much more time to get used to the NHL drill, get used to the smaller ice again, and get ready to roll on Wednesday. Of course, we're going with the uh, whole everybody's probably seen the Olympics, and so we're not really. Yeah, at this point, that. if you don't know what happened, it's your own fault. Yeah. So, we're, we're a little past. We're, the Olympics closed on Sunday, and we're yes. recording on Monday here. So, I guess then moving to the quarterfinals. Um, Eight of nine made it. Well, everybody made goes to the quarterfinals, technically. Yep. Um, uh, I guess my next uh, 
not really his fault disappointment, but I guess of Vladimir Tarasenko, the uh, Russian coach really didn't give him any minutes. Yeah, it's uh, fine. He, he had uh, five games played, one assist, uh, four shots, and a minus two. Him and uh, Valery Nishkuchkin, I think is how you say it, yep. for the Dallas Stars, pretty much were just relegated to fourth line checking line. Which I game, expected. Which, I know. It too. sucks. It sucks because you know, we know what he can do and he knows what he can do. But, you know, I, I – really was more happy that the kid got to make the team in his home country. I did not expect him to get out there and be on the same line with Ovechkin and and Malcolm, all those yeah. dudes. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Tarasenko scoring four goals a game for Russia. So, I mean, is it a bummer because he didn't do much? Yeah, but I think with what he was given to work with, he looked good. Yeah, uh, I guess let's go into, I guess, the better Blues players during this. Uh, David Backus, uh, three goals and assist through the whole uh, – Olympics. Uh, I 10, think David Backus was great. I, I, uh, he's my uh, second best. I had Patrick Berglund. I think what he had to play, being thrust into top line duty. Yeah, it's, he did put up. He put up that dude two goals and assist. That dude is shots. confoundingly confusing. For he plays me. very well on it on like international yep. ice. I, don't know I, I hope that whatever he was drinking in. Uh, in Sochi, he brought back by the gallon for St. Louis. Hopefully. Um, I thought that Bacchus had a phenomenal Olympics. I think that he uh, was very much involved in every game. He was, it seemed like, consistently drawing the top defensive pairing as far as who he had to shadow. Yeah, he was, you know, uh, he was uh, on Crosby. Crosby. He was on um, Solani. He, like, every guy... He was the guy who was put out to shut down their top scorer. And that's great. And in the process, he scored a handful of goals. He was the big physical presence you want in the middle. He's the David Backus that we've watched the last few years. Yeah, everybody else gets to see how good of a two-way player he is. Yep. Uh, Defensive-wise, uh, Petrangelo and Bomeister, I think, uh, were solid, but not like overly spectacular. You look at what that Canadian defense did over the course of the Olympics and allowing, what, three goals, four goals? Yeah, it's like three goals. They had like um, two shutouts in the That's, that's incredible because uh, they weren't exactly lighting it up on the yeah. offensive side. I mean, that team won because they choked out every opponent they played. Uh, and you look, you know, Bo Meester had the assist on the only goal in the U.S.-Canada game. A beautiful pass. Great. And, um, you know, those two guys did what, what they were sent there to do. And that was play sound defense and don't let the offense get positioned and don't get clean shots. And that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. Um, and Alexander Steen uh, has South Olympics, six, uh, six goal uh, games played, one goal, three assists, uh, 22 shots, though. Which yeah. Is so he's, he's, you know, he's Alexander Steen. My, uh, minus one, but. Uh, so let's go into the semi uh, semis now. Oh boy! Hey, we just talked about the U.S. Uh, Canada game, which U.S. in a hole didn't show up. Um, yeah, I, man, I, that goes down to quite. I I said uh, I didn't like Bilesma, uh coaching strategy for that game. He kept going with the same guys over and over again. Like I didn't like uh, Dustin Brown was constantly on the ice. Uh, yeah. Kessler, I think, just got worn out because near the end of the game, he just looked so worn out. He was pretty good most of the Olympics. That game, he started get tired at the end and just turned the puck over. Patrick Kane. Um, the thing that oh, that man. I really found disappointing about the U.S. the last two games, both against uh, Canada and Norway, was it seemed like they were very tunnel visioned. That this is how we're going to attack. 
And regardless of what happens, this is how we're going to attack. Mm -hmm. And when it became clear that Canada had that figured out and shut down, there was no change in strategy between any period, between any shift. There was never uh, a change in philosophy, a change in in game strategy or anything. It was just continue to run headfirst into this brick wall and pray that we can bust a hole through the middle and score. Um, You know, that game was really disappointing because I truly believe that we have the better team than the Canadians. Um, but I don't think it was as disappointing as the Norway game. Uh, I'm sorry, Finland, Finland game, uh, because the team just didn't show up. Oh yeah. They were, that was a team that was checked out. Yeah. Didn't care. Did not care. Like, let me rephrase that. They cared. Until the point that they went down one nothing, and then they just didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care enough to fight for a bronze medal. Yeah. If you if if Finland wanted to roll over and hand them a bronze medal, they were going to take it. But it became very apparent as soon as Finland scored that first goal that the U.S. was like, "When do we get on the plane?" Yeah. So yeah, that was the second, my first finals game, and obviously for the gold medal was Canada, Sweden. Canada just imposing their will, flying yep. high after the their win against the U.S. Yeah, again, it, it was Canada doing what Canada had done all Olympics uh, and just choking out the competition. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because you look at the fact that this is a team who was very close to losing to Latvia in the mm. quarterfinals, very close, yeah. and uh, came back and won that game. But then when the money was on the table – really tightened it up and destroyed both the U.S. and Sweden, who were scoring goals almost at will up until that point. Yep, so hopefully uh, U.S. could bounce back uh, next to well, we'll see what happens next Olympics. You know, I one of the first questions that went through my mind um, when the bronze medal game was over was, if 2010 was a giant step forward for USA hockey, how big of a step backwards was last weekend oh. with both the Canada and the, uh, the Finland game. Cause those were brutally bad. And, you know, do, do you blow this thing up and start over again? I would like to think no, because there's still a lot of really good talent in, in America. You know, like I don't think that you just scrap the David Backuses and Zach Parise's of the world by any means, but I see, I see Bobby Ryan definitely making the team. There's, yeah, I I mean, there's, there's gotta be some changes, man, because something, and I don't know if it was coaching or, or attitude or what it was, but something got unplugged and it just spiraled down in a hurry. And in a short tournament like that, you, you've got to be able to put a loss in your, in your rear view mirror and go on. It's not a best of seven. It's, it's a one game series. And you saw how that team just could not handle failure. And it, it just imploded very quickly and v- horribly ugly. Cannon with the gold, uh, Sweden with the silver, and then uh, Finland with the bronze. Which, that- side note, how great did Tibu Solani look? Yeah, for being 43 years that old. That guy was unbelievable. I'm not going to lie. Towards the end of that game, I was kind of wanting him to get a hat trick just to get it. Just to get it, so his big send-off. Yeah, because, dude, he's not playing in 2016 no, or no. in 2018. Yeah. No way. Yeah. If he does, that's incredible. He'll have to have a walker with skates. Yep. Well, that's our wrap-up for the Blues at the Olympics. 
Have you ever wanted to start your own hockey podcast? Do you listen every week and think, hey, I could do that? Making your own hockey podcast has gotten a lot easier as the Hockey Podcast Directory is opening up a partnership program to get you started talking about the sport you love. We build your show page as well as walk you through the entire setup before coaching you through show creation. If you're interested, contact me at jponder94 at gmail.com to get started. That's j-p-o-n-d-e-r-9-4 at gmail.com. And finally, it's time to let that dream become a reality. All right. We went to our first uh, half review. Uh, Blues doing pretty well, tied at top of the Central with yep. Chicago. Uh, Blues have three games in hand as well with a 39, 12, and 6 record for 84 points. Uh, Chicago, wow. 60 games played, 35 wins, 11 losses, 14 Overtime shootout losses for 84 points. Colorado behind that was 79 points. And then Minnesota at 69. So Blues got some distance between, uh, well, fourth at least. Colorado being the surprise team in division, I fully suspected them to be near the bottom along with uh, Winnipeg. And uh, I thought Nashville would be a little bit better just because they've always seen the surprise. Yeah. But I think they finally hit that, like, okay, we can't keep just playing one nothing games, especially when you don't have your – you know, all-world goalie, which doesn't help. But uh, let's go with some stats just so far through the uh, – we'll go with Blues leading scorers. Uh, Alexander Steen leads the way with uh, 28 goals. David Backus is right behind him with 20. And uh, Jaden Schwartz right behind him with 19. And then Tarasenko with 18. And Chris Stewart amazingly has 15 goals. Half of those in three games. That's correct. <laughs> uh, leading assist is, I believe, T.G. Oshie. I believe you're correct. Oh, Alex Petrangelo, 35 assists. Uh, Oshie, 32 assists. Shattenkirk with 28. Jay Bomeister with 28. Or, excuse me, Fun Bobby with 28. And ah, Derek Roy Bobby. with 27. So, total points, obviously, leading the way is Alexander Steen with uh, 46 points. Tied with him is TJ Oshie of 46 points. Backus with 42. Jane Swartz with 42. Uh, plus minus leaders. Uh, looks like. If- Load faster. Jaden Schwartz with 20 plus 22. And then we have a log jam after that with Bear Jackman, Jay Bomeister, and TJ Oshi and Vladimir Saboka with a plus 17. So Blues doing pretty well spreading the scoring out, it looks like. Yeah, it's it's kind of been the Blues MO the last handful of years is scoring by a platoon. And I'm fine with that as long as... You're scoring. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I think our... Goals per game right now is right around three and a half. Yeah, like 3.25. Which, that's fine. I'm cool with that because our defense is fine. Our goaltending is a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Um, but on the good end, you know, it, let's let's keep all things in perspective. There are many teams who would love to have the problems that the St. Louis Blues have right now. Yeah, so that's one thing the Blues are not really – well, sort of looking at for uh, – trade deadline so let's just jump into the second half kind of what we're looking forward to trade deadline is nine days from now so march 5th at two o'clock central time yeah uh, i are heavily rumored on in on numerous people it seems like every day it's something different yeah i mean obviously the one that everyone's talking about is ryan miller um i a month ago i would have thought it was for sure happening i you know it seemed like the plan was in place that 
It was just a matter of getting Miller to okay the trade and we were going to be off to the races. You know, I, depending on who you, who you talk to and who you listen to in the hockey world, it sounds like Anaheim's in the mix, which astounds me. Uh, Minnesota, uh, the Capitals, the Islanders, you know, the last report that I heard was that what Buffalo wanted in return was Yaroslav Halak, um, Chris Stewart, and Ty Ratty. Yeah, it's been all over the place. I've seen that. Take out Stewart for a first, and that's kind of right. what I've seen. Today, um, so. And then I, I've heard that the big hang-up was that Armstrong did not want to give up a prospect the likes of Ty Ratty without – a for sure that Miller was going to resign. Now, what's interesting is I have friends in Buffalo who are huge Sabres fans. And what they're hearing is that the deal isn't happening because Miller won't put the blues on his list. And the reason Miller hasn't put the blues on his list is he doesn't think the blues will give him the length of extension that he wants. Apparently Miller wants long-term security. Yeah. Which he's not going to get from us. No, I, I think he would get you know two, maybe three years. If he wants five, I don't know if they'll do that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that obviously you have a situation where Jake Allen has to be on your team next year. It's in his contract. Uh, both Halak and Elliot are up after this year, and my gut tells me um, that they're not going to mortgage the farm on. Uh, on 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 homeboy and they're just going to roll with what they have this year and you know i would say probably re-sign halak and let elliot go yeah because alan's coming up for sure no matter what next year yeah um i guess the trade that intrigues me if i had to choose between all the rumors that are out mm-hmm. there um even though i wasn't overly impressed with him during the olympics um i wouldn't mind the chris tour for ryan callahan Deal. You know, I read that once, and then I never heard anything else about it. It's it's really like I think it was. I'm more think it was the Rangers kicking it out there to get Look, him to resign. I, at this point, I would trade Chris Stewart for a bag of pucks. Mm. Uh, you just don't know the Chris Stewart you're going to get. And I know that was always the knock on him in Colorado was that you know he would show flashes of brilliance. And then go into a cave for weeks to months at a time. And that's exactly what we've gotten. You know, we were just talking about the fact that he's, what, fourth or fifth in goals on this team? Fourth. But, you know, he's had a hat trick. There was that week where he had nine goals in a week, right? It was the Western Canada. Yeah. So he had a hat trick against Edmonton, and then he followed that up with, you know, like. Two goals against Vancouver. So, you know, he's got a lot of goals, but you, you. you put that under a microscope and it's really been just a couple of weeks where he heated up and then he was, he's, he's a ghost and you know, I'm sorry, but we are now the team that doesn't need that. We can afford to be that team that says worker pack your crap and get out. So, and I think we're still into him for one more year and 4 million. Yes. 4.1. Yeah. So I, I think that be it for Callahan or whoever, I think you see Chris Stewart go before the uh, trade deadline. And I think also possibly Patrick Berglund. I think they're thin at center, unless they get a good center back. Which... Well, I think, yeah, I think the first trade that will be made will be Chris Stewart. And depending on what they get back from Stewart, I think will will determine what other moves get made. I think uh, to my scenario that I made a 
real quick was uh, if they just assume they do the uh, Callahan trade. Okay. Just for Stewart straight up. Uh, so you plug Callahan in since Callahan and uh, Backus play together. Yep. So you do Absolutely. So you do Steen, Backus, Callahan. Okay. To get uh, Berglund going, you do Berglund, Oshi, um, Schwartz, uh, Payarvi. No, because okay. I because of the line I really like is Saboka Tarasenko Schwartz. Yeah, but how long is Ter- is uh, Saboka on the shelf for now? He is not officially on the shelf, according to today's news. That uh, Vladimir Saboka is not skating yet. That's all it was said. Turn skates. Today. Yeah, you know, and, I, uh, Jordan. On top of that, Jordan Leopold is not skating as well in the last game of the season or last game for the break when he had that nasty spill. Where his yeah, it was, that around. was brutal. It was a high, officially a high ankle sprain. So he is he skated once or twice, but hasn't feeling it. He is going to go on the trip. He said, but uh, does not think he's going to play. Yeah, oh, I know that they they brought Yaskin up yesterday, uh, early today, which makes me believe that Sabotka is going to be out of commission for at least two more weeks, oh, two three more weeks. Well, we watched the game, uh, the Winnipeg game. Yeah, and and he was walking onto the ice and they're doing all the Olympians, and I'm like, Edu could barely walk. Right. So I was like, three weeks is not going to heal that. No, I mean, no, no, no. I think I think that that injury is more severe than the Blues want to lead on, and that's a shame because that guy has it's good. busted his ass this year and been I'm really impressive. Sort of fortunate as well because we have tw- officially 25 games in 47 days coming up. Yep. Um, being able to have him come in and be like a fresh kind of set of legs. Uh, would be good. And didn't have the Olympic hangover, which who knows what's going to happen with everybody here. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, because I heard uh, Oshi, Bacchus, and Shattenkirk got back. They were in Newark this morning at 4 or 5 a.m. or something like that. So they would be in St. Louis later today. Did they stay? I didn't see them. I didn't see hardly anybody from the U.S. at the closing ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Did they, they stay? Bolted. No, I think most of them bolted. Yeah. I w- that was the, the first thing that went through my mind when the U.S., uh, lost to Canada was, well, at least now we're going to get six of our nine guys back before, I'm sorry, five of our nine guys back ahead of time. Cause the only guys who had to stay for the last day were, uh, uh, Steen, Berglund, Petro and, uh, fun Bobby. Yeah. So, uh, but it's good that the, uh, you know, they're going to get back. So who knows what the fatigue will be? Cause they're literally getting back today. And then I believe they're flying out first and we'll find out tomorrow afternoon to vancouver so big turnaround a lot of plane travel so let's hopefully uh they're probably not going to practice until game the day of the game so i'm surprised they didn't fly straight to vancouver no uh, yeah i guess it would have been a shorter flight yeah with fly the, east i guess maybe backus was flying with his uh, wife who knows honey take your own flight home i got work I so, mean, for real, I I would love to look up and see what the travel time is from Sochi to Vancouver because you're flying, you'd be flying from Russia to Western Canada. It's a hell of a lot shorter than flying to St. Louis. Yeah. So who knows what? Uh, especially if you're flying, you know, you know, they obviously went west, which meant they went across Europe, across the Atlantic, and into New York yeah. when they could have. Not Hoboken. You know, no. Well, if they're in Newark, they're, you know, Hoboken. Hoboken adjacent. Uh, they could have gone west or, or flown east and gone straight to Vancouver. But, you know, I'm sure there's obviously reasons for it. So, all right. So it looks like the Blues are in for a hectic run to get to the uh, playoffs and hopefully uh, finish with some good seating. And uh, get I a have a stat draw. for you. Throw it out there. Speaking of how we're starting our uh, second half of the season. 
It's two stats. Go the first it. stat's a little bit better. Six, eight, and three. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the St. Louis Blues record against the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. I will zero in on the teams from the Pacific Division who are in the playoffs right now. One and seven. That's the three California teams who right now are the th- only three teams from that division that make the playoffs. If the Blues are going to make a run deep into the Stanley Cup playoffs, obviously the first two rounds are going to be within the Central yep. because both wild cards right now depending, are Central. Depending on where. Right, depending on what happens, but at least the first round is a Central Division matchup. Odds are the second round is going to be a Central Division matchup, mm-hmm. which means your conference final obviously will be Central versus Pacific. Um the Blues have to figure out what is ailing them against the Pacific. Because I'll take it a step further. You take out two of those teams, that's four of those six wins in the, in the, against the Pacific. You take out Calgary, you take out Edmonton. We've won three games against everybody else in the Pacific. And two of them are Phoenix, and the other one's probably... Uh, which we no, that's it. Yeah. We haven't beaten L.A., we haven't beaten Anaheim. No, we beat, we beat, we beat LA. Remember that we shut. Oh, I'm sorry, we did. You're right. We we're, we've won one game against LA. We haven't beaten Anaheim. Correct. We haven't beaten San Jose. Correct. We haven't beaten Vancouver. I said we're o one and one against the Canucks. So people want to focus on the fact that we can't beat the California teams, and we can't. We're one and seven. We can't win against the Pacific Division. Aside from the bottom two teams in the conference. Yeah, which they should be walkovers. Everybody's beating those teams. Um, That's what scares me. The Central Division, we, knock on wood, seem to have figured out the Chicago Blackhawks. That's not to say that they're not going to fight us tooth and nail for this division. They're not going to hand the Central over. But I'm not overly concerned about the Stars. I'm not overly concerned about the Predators. I'm somewhat keeping an eye on the Wild and the Avalanche because those are two teams that seem like they want to be good. The Wild will always play us tough. Like, yeah, but again, that's a team that we should be. We seem to beat. Yeah. You know, we are now to the point where we are the Detroit Red Wings of a few years ago when it came to whenever the Detroit Red Wings would play the Blues. It didn't matter what the record was. You were just like, they're going to kill us. Yeah. You know they're going to kill us, and they would. Yeah. And – you know, we would play tough and we would hang with them, but at the last minute, it would just happen and the Wings would beat the Blues. That's kind of how the Blues are right now with the Wild. I have friends in Minnesota who despise the St. Louis Blues because they just find ways to beat the Wild. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this year, we finally figured out how to win in Colorado, which has not been easy for the Blues either. Yeah. So I, I like the teams we play against in the Central. Uh, obviously, you know, us and the Blackhawks are going to be epic heavyweight fights. The Pacific Division truly scares me. It's the one thing that I think stands between the Blues and the Stanley Cup. I think that we can beat, and we've proven we can beat anyone in our division. We have proven that we can beat pretty much everybody in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stands in our way, and I think it's mental, because obviously... From a team standpoint and a statistical standpoint, we are as good as anyone else in this league. It is all mental. This team 
freaks out and locks up. And you can see it on the ice as they play. They play scared against teams from the Pacific Division. It's in their head. This game's going to get out of control. We're, something weird is going to happen and we're going to lose. And you can see it. You can see it when they play. As soon as the first weird bounce happens and a crazy goal gets let in, you see this team completely lock up and freeze like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, I'm, And that scares me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, the Pacific Division, like I said, hopefully we don't face anybody till the conference finals if we get that far. Um, like I said, I'm same with you. Central, I think we've been really good this year. Chicago's yeah. always... Chicago's tough, man. It's I so tough, I love I think, that we are three and zero. Yeah, three zero and one or something like that, or close to that. Uh, no, they don't have. I don't think we've lost a game to them. Nice. We beat them twice in regulation and once in overtime, I believe. Um, you know, I think eventually Chicago is going to get a, a, a game from us, but I like that we, for some odd reason, right now have figured out the Chicago Blackhawks and find ways to beat them. You know, that is, you want to talk about highlights of the season, that comeback win against Chicago, that right there is where the Blues grew up. That's one of my, that's my favorite, less non-favorite games compared to what I had to wear to the game. <laughs> well, it was your own fault. I know. Uh, fill in that I lost a bet to Chris and our other friend Justin and uh, my punishment was wearing the Blackhawks jersey, a Patrick Kane Blackhawks jersey. The pride the, of Buffalo. To the Blues-Blackhawks game that we attended, and it was awful. I felt but so dirty. But the Blues won. But the Blues did win, so I'm not doing that ever again, though. Nope. Well, yeah. well we I don't that. know. Well, if I have to for... Bets or bets. True. Which I'm just learning. like now America has to own Justin Bieber. Yeah, correct. So... Let's uh, go into our drop the glove segment. Do you have any kind of rant about anything blues or maybe non blues? Um, I do. I do. Uh, you go first. Then. I want to rant about um, Patrick Kane in Team USA hockey. Uh, it is not the Olympic break when you are on the Olympic team, and it seems like. As great of a player as Patrick Kane is, and I'm not going to be the Blues guy who sits there goes, he sucks, man. He's a Blackhawk. He's horrible. Yeah. Patrick Kane is he's one of the good. greatest players he's in really the good. NHL. Sadly enough, but he's really good. But man, oh man, that guy couldn't buy a goal in the Olympics. He had not one, but two penalty shots and missed them in the bronze medal game. He couldn't find the back of the net with both hands. And I don't know what the deal is. I, you know, obviously it's hard and almost laughable to think that you wouldn't put Patrick Kane on team USA because why wouldn't you? But at some point you've got to start looking at what these players do in past international competitions. And if memory serves, he didn't do a whole hell of a lot in Vancouver either. Mm, I have to look it up. But no. uh, I think he did better than he did in Sochi. That's, I mean, that's for damn sure. A point, maybe. But um, it's just it's it's confounding to me how some of these players either can't or just plain don't show up to play and and treat it almost like an all star game when. Dude, if you don't want to be there, why don't you call Bobby Ryan and ask how bad he wanted to be there? Or call Jack Johnson. Hell, 
you know, call uh, call Eric Johnson. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, different positions. Not in the case of Bobby Ryan, but those are dudes who were genuinely upset that they didn't make the team. And I'm not calling out Patrick Kane and saying that he didn't want to play, but something was lacking there. And you can't tell me that it's just the eye size difference. That's my rant. No, I don't blame you. I mean, he didn't. Uh, he did nothing. He did nothing. Did he even have an assist in Sochi? No. Yeah, he no points. None. Uh, let's see. In 2010, oh, I got it real quick. He ranked third on Team USA with five points, three goals, two assists. Okay, so he had a decent Vancouver. But, man, like, just not there. Mm. Not there. You could the joke we had from the World Series about putting a fat head up? Yeah. Same thing. You could have put a Patrick Kane fat head on the ice, and it would have done just as much as the actual Patrick Kane did. Yeah. Uh, mine's rant's a little different. Uh, as you know, like, I do a lot of reading about the Blues. Sure. Different forums and stuff. So I usually go to the STL Today forum. Okay. Which is supposedly, supposedly called, like, the Asylum, because so many crazy people post there about really stupid stuff. Indeed. Um, one post around there, like, I, I do not post on things. It's just not my thing, I guess. Right. I just I like to read. I'm not, a, I'm not an eloquent writer, so I just like to Fair. read and just soak information in. That's even better. I can, I can spit it out a little bit. Right. Anyway, there's somebody on there, name escapes me now, constantly thinks Jake Allen is the answer. <sighs> so he thinks Jake Allen should be – we should trade Halak – and Elliot right now and bring, and bring in some like or keep Elliot this year get rid of Halak because Halak's a devil <laughs> and uh, okay. bring in Jake out uh, install him as a starter and he will lead us to uh, Stanley Cup glory and then also hey let me get going it's, it's better because he says the next year you can sign a uh, like minor like Elliot or somebody like Ben Scriven somebody like very or like sure. Thomas Volkun is what you brought too which I thought was guy, okay. guy has a blood clot right now he can't even skate right anyway. And it's like, bring him in and install Jake Allen as your number one goalie. A guy with 15 games NHL experience with a team yeah. that has Stanley Cup aspirations. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm all for him being here and doing the Corey Schneider sure, man. type thing. Like, get like somebody who's an installed like number like in number one. Like, let's say Halak. Let's say Halak, Ryan Miller, even maybe Jonas Hiller. Sure. I'm on the Anton Kudobin. Dude, there's Man a lot of options. I off season, but anyway, but like yeah. I just don't get the point of like harping. I mean, because every time I look on there, like this dude is like, you'd be talking a. Po- there's a post about like how the Blues are doing with this, and then all of a sudden he's like, Halak sucks. Like Allen should be up here, and it goes on a rant, and then all of a sudden like the thread, the thread just goes into people just yelling at this dude to shut up, and then yeah. the guy keeps spitting back and forth. I'm just tired of it. Just like I'm just, I hate internet bullies. It just annoys me. <sighs> You know, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I'm, I'm. It's fantastic. You have an opinion, but it's like eventually, it's like everyone's got them. Yeah, which is fine. Like we have our own too, but it's like I've, come on, man. I've said for years, like ever since was it four years ago that Allen played in the juniors for Canada? Mm, yeah, around um, that three or four, one or two, and he looked remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a comment to a couple of my friends there, like. Jake Allen is the future of the St. Louis Blues. There's no doubt in my mind about it. In three to four years, he will be our number one goaltender. Um, you know, and it's it's not a Blues specific thing. Everyone jumps on the goaltender. 
yeah. and everyone wants the other guy to be the starter. And then there's the other guy, and then there's the other guy. Yeah, I remember three, four years ago, it was all about Ben Bishop. And I would go to multiple bars, and people would say, you got to start Ben Bishop, man. He's from St. Louis, and he's tall. You could play goalie. And I was like, so wait a minute. The only two things that it takes to be a starting goaltender for the St. Louis Blues and be successful is to be from St. Louis and to be tall. Well, man, just look at him. I was like, dude, if that's all it takes, then Doug Armstrong, this is my message to you right now. I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. I am seven feet tall, and I love hockey. I will play for the league minimum. Sign me up. If, if, if that's what it takes to win a Stanley Cup, I'm your guy. But we know that's not the truth. Yeah. And you're right. The internet bully is like, it's, it's the internet bullies who get on and have one point. That's what That's it. Yeah. Just one point. Nothing to back it up, but one point. And they're going to Chinese water torture that point into your head until you submit. Yeah. It's annoying. So that's, that's my rant. Like, it's one of those things where it's like I try to like – so I've been using going to Reddit a little bit more, and that's kind of like sure. not as good. But it has at least some people that are like, nice, hockey futures isn't bad as well. Um, yeah. So there's a couple I go to. So anyway, I get it. Jake Allen will be good. We'll I be, believe so too. Will be our goal eventually. Yeah. Give him time. Simple yeah, the dude is not ready. If you think that Jake Allen can step in right for now number one. He can for a here. number one full time, no. no. Like I will give – I will give accolades where it's due. Jake Allen saved the season last year. Mm-hmm. If it was not for Jake Allen coming in in the middle of last season when neither Halak or Elliott could stop a beach ball, the Blues would not have made the playoffs. Yeah. Jake Allen saved the season. It turned things around, then Elliott got right and got but hot. And it's easy out. to do that in a short season. That dude is not ready to play a full 82-game season and playoffs. He's just not. You you can't throw that kid from the AHL with 15 games in the NHL experience and throw him into the deep end and expect him to swim and and lead your team. You just can't. It it sucks, but he he will get there. Not a doubt in my mind, he will get there. But it's not going to be this year and it's not going to be next year. Yep. That's what I'm saying. So, let's go into our uh well, the first time slash new segment for our Jersey Watch segment. Uh, so me, Chris, I threw a number out there the other day when I did an interview for the show. Okay. About how many jerseys you had. I, I went with an obscene number, so okay. I could be really off. I said 68. You're close. I I believe it is in the low 70s. Oh, so I was actually I thought it was really high, actually. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're in the ballpark. I will, I'll tell you what. I will make a count of them. Uh, and I will send you a picture that you can post of the one side of my closet, which is the jersey side. Um, I have a ton of hockey jerseys. I pretty much live in them year-round just because they're comfy. Um, I, I, I started when I was in high school, and then I worked at a sporting goods store. Uh, and the bulk of my collection came. That store went out of business. And they handed everyone a trash bag, and they said, if you can fit it in the trash bag, it's yours. And I went around and took every hockey jersey they had that was my size. And That's I think awesome. right there, like, netted me, like, 40 hockey jerseys. Um, you know, obviously a lot of them are blues. I think I have, like, 15 blues jerseys, some lettered, some blank, but I have quite a few. Um, I have, I think, all but 10 
NHL current NHL teams. That's awesome. Uh, and they're mainly Eastern Conference teams that I'm missing. I have a few Western teams I'm missing. I don't have a Calgary. I don't have. I used to have a Vancouver. I gave it away. If we want to get technical, I have a Bertuzzi All Star jersey that's got the Vancouver yeah. logo on it, so I could count that if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have a, quite a few. So yeah. So basically, big. I am uh, by far less. I have like twelve. So I'll get there one day. Like I try to do like one, maybe two a year if I find a good sure. deal. So uh, current like sorry thing is me and Chris are gonna wear jerseys every week. Talk why we got like this jersey. Uh, I'll go first just to be in the Olympic spirit. I have the, my uh, 1980 uh, Ruzioni jersey on. Nice. USA Ruzioni jersey. Um, it was the white one. There's the blue one they used for the gold medal game. But the white one they used from the uh, USSR That's game. the one to have. Yeah. this is, That's why I, I debated for a while because I'm like, that's the gold medal There's game. really no debate. Well, because it's like obviously the most famous jersey. Of is course. This one. So uh, with this, uh, very nice. I'll take a picture of me in it later. Yeah. Uh, as you saw, the U.S. used it for the uh, Slovenia game. The only difference was they had the new USA crest right. on the They did right that, shoulder. I believe, in Vancouver as well. Did they? they I believe they broke out uh, uh, throwbacks one game. I don't know true. why, but I, for some reason, I, I'm almost positive they did that in Vancouver well, as well. Well, that was, what, 80? So that was like the, what, 30-year anniversary. That's probably why then. Yeah. So that's probably why. But, yeah, I saw I said with the Olympic spirits. Uh so, Mike Ruzzi in jersey, which is very comfortable. I always like. And Chris and... I went with the uh, road white of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I'm wearing uh, USA Hockey's new darling, uh, Timothy Leif, TJ Oshie. Number 74 in your program, number one in your heart. <laughs> That's true. So, like I said, a classic, uh, basically representing the USA theme still carries over there. Oh, sure. Which, by the way, my other rant should have been on the 2014 USA jerseys. Mm. Um, I, I, It's obviously been established. I have a bit of a jersey problem. Uh, but I try to buy the USA jerseys each Olympics. And I had to hunt and hunt and hunt to find uh, jerseys this year. And, you know, I can, I can wear a double X in most jerseys, um, but with me being as tall as I am, I like to buy my jerseys at least one size big, if not two, mm. so that if they shrink, they're not, like, crazy small on me. Uh, and the two Xs, like, they just fit in the body, but the sleeves are really short. So I found a guy online who was selling a 3X, and I bought it. Um, and I guess Nike this year, as they've been doing with their basketball jerseys and football jerseys, have gone to more of the spandexy, form-fitting material. Yeah. And it just sucks, man, yeah. because the sleeves were awesome and they were long, and the body still felt like I was, you know, wearing lycra. And I don't want to feel like that when I'm wearing a foot when I'm wearing a, a hockey jersey. Like you're supposed to be. Like there's no way I would have ever been able to put pads under that, and I yeah. should have been able to. Yeah. Sorry, second rant. That's all right. It's all good. But yeah, like I said, we're going to do a jersey uh, segment every week, kind of talk about what jersey we have, uh, what ones we're wearing, kind of ones we like. Maybe in the future we need some. Uh, I was going to say, what's the next one you want to get? Next one I'll get. Um, I think I told you that already. Uh, well, I'll say this to now since we're here. Uh, the Quebec Nordiques, my favorite player, uh, Peter Forsberg. Nice. The, uh, I guess technically be the road blue, not what it was back then. Yep. I have a home white of Sackick. The next jersey I will probably get will be Toronto Maple Leafs. The jersey I want, if I can find it, it's probably the top of my dream list. I, I, I guess. Sure. California Seals. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't know why I want that one so bad, but I do. 
I see it like online all the time, but it's just like I know it's like a fake, and it doesn't bother me. If it's fake. Oh, I I have a total fake Whalers jersey. Yeah. I have one that I bought off of eBay that I think came from Singapore, <laughs> and it's a Shanahan, and like I never wear it because it, it's like it's fine, but, but it's, it's dude, it's it not, is so, so fake. Yeah, like I, like I can deal with it as long as it's like close. Like I thought I was getting a fake when I got one of my Crosbys. Yeah. My only Crosby now. I sold the other one. Your Crosby is like my Malkin. Yeah, it's really And I think mine's fake too, but it's super heavy duty. Yeah, I'm surprised. It's It's one of the best made jerseys I own. Yeah, so I was was fantastic about that one. So uh, we'll talk more about jerseys as the weeks go on. We'll talk about some Blues jerseys. Uh, um, Might be some uh, jersey news eventually. Which Which Blues jerseys do you own as far as players? I only own one. Believe it or not, all mine are two. I have a Gretzky. Okay. And then I got for my confirmation. Nice. It's the best confirmation God, ever. I'm so old. I know. <laughs> I was in college. I'm not that far behind you. Jesus. Go ahead. But in, uh, in Oshi, a third jersey Oshi. That's all I, I have two Craig Jannies, a Brett Hall, uh, a Gretzky. Uh, I have a Bacchus, a Oshi, a Paul Correa. Ugh. A Tarasenko, a Federko. I think I'm missing one. Maybe not. No, I think I've that's all. Seen the Federko, so I far. think that's all I have as far as like numbered and lettered. But then again, I have like a bunch of blanks. A too. bunch of blanks. Yeah. So be good. As we go on, we'll talk some more jerseys. You never know the Blues rumor going around that they may be in for a redesign this year for their home and away jerseys. Got to buy another jersey then. We'll see. <laughs> I know. I was like, that comes along. Great. But uh, let's go to our wrap-up. Uh, I'll let you know where to uh, contact us if you got any comments or any kind of uh, feedback for us. Uh, blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. is at blueshockeynhl. Also, just look for us on Facebook, a Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, if you want to hit me up personally, I, uh, mine is JPM Blues Fan Twenty One. I am at Hoss underscore A underscore Palooza, Hossa Palooza. That's long story. I know, I know, but I was just like I was trying to get there, and Jeff was asking me, and I didn't have my. I was on the phone, so I couldn't like. I was like, it's it's Hoss Palooza, but it's like this is a couple underscores, and I'm like. Was it 105.7 at the end of it anymore? Was it not 105.7 well, anymore? All right. Full disclosure, I used to work for The Point, for those of you in St. Louis, and my DJ name was Haas. Uh, I, for the longest time, had the Twitter handle of Haas1057. Like, everyone who works for The Point is, you yeah, know, something whatever, 1057. 1057. And then I changed phones and had my password auto-saved. And for some reason, the new phone, like, would not recognize me. And like I emailed Twitter and went through this whole thing, and they Didn't would not do anything. Would not acknowledge that I was who I was, so I had to get a new handle and Hossapalooza. I finally out. cut ties with the one hundred five seven, but I think I'll forever be Hoss. Good. Well, we're planning for a weekly segment, uh, or excuse me, a weekly show. Um, we'll give you all the Blues uh, highlights for the week uh, for a Blues game that happens. Uh, I'll just run down the quick schedule for this week. Blues come back um, on Wednesday, February twenty sixth. 9.30 Central Time. Then they play that Friday, February 28th at Anaheim at 9 o'clock Central Time. And then Sunday is probably when we'll probably have a show. Record Sundays more than less schedule conflicts come up. Record Sundays and then post it either Monday or Tuesday. 
so this Sunday, uh, March 2nd, uh, Blues play at Coyotes at 7 o'clock. All those games are on Fox Sports Midwest. All against the vaunted Pacific Division. Yeah, so we'll see how uh, they come up with a... Trial by fire. Two, two of the top ten Coyotes are on the brink of the playoff wildcard spot, so it should yep. be a good test for them. So uh, I'll send a quick uh, thanks out to uh, Jeff Ponder for helping put everything together again. Uh, check out his podcast, uh, Bash Brothers Podcast. Uh, check him out on Twitter or at the Hockey Podcast Directory. That's where our po- our podcast will be relocated. Uh, also, ours is uh, Blues Hockey Podcast, all one word. dot com. It'll redirect you to the our page at the Blues at excuse me at the Hockey Podcast Directory. Uh, there's plenty of hockey podcast on there from different teams. Just pick your favorite team, and I'm sure there's at least almost one for most teams out there. So uh, check us out. We're going to be uh, on iTunes as well. Download us on iTunes. I'm on the iTunes. We will be on iTunes. And finally, with the Jeff figuring it out for me, uh, you know, give us a rating. Helps us help us out. You know, spread the word around. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you know, retweet our stuff, retweet our show when it's out, try to spread the word out. It's an exciting time for blues fans. Top of the, uh, close to the top of NHL, top of the central. looks like a promising playoff run and we're going to be here to give you all the news. So thanks for joining us. See you next time. Suck it, LA.